Hi everybody, welcome to the Lot Pod, the Lead Rhinos Lot 17A podcast, kindly sponsored by ACDMB, who are a branding and creative design agency based in Farsley, Leeds. They create standout brands, so for any companies out there that need a brand new logo or a brand refresh, just get in touch with ACDMB. Thank you, as always, to them for sponsoring us and designing this amazing fanzine the lot 17a fanzine issue 2 is still available on our website if you just google the lot pod or the lot pod store lot pod shop on into google that first link will take you to our website where all our badges and this incredibly well designed fanzine with the beautiful Danny Maguire on the cover is available so this is the mailbag off the back of Leeds bat- battering Wakefield on Friday. Joining me as always, my co-host, my right-hand man, Statman Reese. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Just That's when I always fun. say joining me as always, did, did you ever? Were you ever? Are you a wrestling fan? A WWF? No. Never have been. Where they used to be like one of the announcers, you know, like backstage, and they'd have the microphone that'd say, "Joining me at this time." is The Rock. The Rock, how are you? And that kind of, that intro. I mean, if you're comparing me to The Rock, I, I will I am. happily take that. In in looks and charisma? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just Fair reminds enough. me I, of that. I mean, I often, my nickname actually the weekend is Maui, demigod of the wind, the wind and sea, however you say that thing. Really? Yeah. Impressive nickname. I want to score me. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Who's joining us for this mailbag? Uh, we've got old Laurie because Paul Laurie's been in his bed recovering from an operation. So we thought we'd. Uh... He needs something to do, the poor lad. Lot, yeah. lot pod squad number four. Number four. I think I had him at number 12. Anyway, I'll make Laurie. Hi, Laurie. How are you? Hi, Laurie. You're all right. How are we doing? How are you, Laurie? Uh, yeah, better than I have been. So all good. All good. We're on the uh, road to recovery, you know. Excellent. So it's all good. Glad to hear it. Excellent. We've got to talk about the elephant in the room now. Just for, for that people are that are watching YouTube. this, yes, yes. Laurie is wearing <laughs> arguably one of the worst kits of these rhinos has ever had. <laughs> I, I think I think it's only second to that. And Laurie on the Liners View Twitter page has been talking about it and does talk about it quite fondly. That that white and red kit, Laurie, is that two two thousand and one? Ninety-eight and ninety-nine season. I think. I think that is the worst Leeds shirt ever. That's because they make the badge red. Right, yeah, yeah, that's the kind whole, of, yeah. The whole, that, yeah, that is disgusting. But Laurie, you are wearing the Rhinos third third strip now. Do, do you do you like that shirt, Laurie? Uh, quite honestly, um, I think it's absolutely terrible. But yeah. it's it's kind of got a unique charm, and I kind of like it because it's so bad. And I'm probably only about the fourth person who owns it, so there is that novelty factor of it is all right. But I, know I, I can see you both going, no, it's going to warm. I promise you, you'll warm to it. Imagine it. I hope like, so. You're just a sucker for merch, though, Laurie. Like you, <laughs> you are elite pro sports' dream. I mean, I do collect shirts, and I've got quite a lot, to say the least. So, yeah, you're kind of half right, but I do like it. <laughs> and I thought I'd wear it. I thought I'd, this is the first time I've actually put it on. So I thought, wear it tonight for the lock pod. There we go. 
and we are wearing it against Castleford. Um, so exactly. So it's almost you know we, we I'm previewing what we're going to look like when we um, exactly. It's, 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 it's you might be. You actually might be the first fan I've seen wear it. He is. I've seen one other person. Official. I've seen one other person wear it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and that were, I can't remember which game. Uh, St. Ellen's. It was St. Ellen's, and it was just like, oh, God. Well, somebody else has got it as well. Oh, I wasn't wow. wearing it at the time. So, Two yeah. people. I, I think you're right, though, Laurie, because I think in like 5, 10, 50, as time passes, yeah. that shirt is going to be remembered. And the fact that you have it, you can say, look, I, I were one of the suckers. Who actually bought <laughs> this shirt? <laughs> so I think right in that, it, it's so the it's thing so is, disgusting so, that it, it's going to be remembered forever. One. We looked at that pink one last year, didn't we? And it was like, hmm. And then by the end of it, we all worshipped it. So it's one of those which could it have its. Oh, I still hated it though, Laurie. I still thought it was a rubbish <laughs> shirt. We just, we just wanted it. It had a magic, it had a charm. Yeah. And, yeah. But this might grow on people. I think it will. I think you're right, you know, especially now our form's picking up and winning every game at the end of the year. That's if it. We're going and, a, if we're going to run with that shirt starting at Cass. There um, we go, and you never know. And if you turn it's over... It's going to be the new pink yeah, shirt. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I like your thing. you're right. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's Absolutely. Right. Disgusting. So this is the mailbag off the back of that, as I said earlier, that Leeds um, victory against Wakefield. Reese. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? <laughs> no, you can ask the first one because it's political. <laughs> this was the first question that we had, and we 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 don't even have to ask for questions. I'm not we're not showing off, you know, people constantly engage with us and I store them all up and then slowly put the questions in order and pass them on to Reese and guests so they've got some idea. But this question came in early last week. The weekend, Friday, Thursday, whenever it happened. It is, of course, about Gary Lineker and match of the day. And it's from Neil. And Neil asked us, what have you made of the match of the day? Gary Lineker news. Do you, I suppose it's, it says, do you agree? Or now it would be, did you agree with Lineker? And is free speech dead? Does anyone want to? <laughs> I'm, not I'm not answering the last one. Uh, yeah. But... The I will I will say is that I thought Gary was completely right. So uh, he was, and I thought the BBC were completely wrong, and it and it showed. Correct. Um, Correct. It's yeah, no, it's you know it, that, and that's kind of the problem. The bit I think the guy, there was a guy on Sky Sports that was going for all the directors and gen, all the generals, all these chairmen at BBC that have all been involved in politics. Yet they they're not suspended or, or whatever. Whereas Gary makes yep. one tweet that the government didn't like, so he gets done for it. So, no, I completely agreed with Gary. Um, and, you know, I think he's not even employed, is he? Isn't he self-employed, Gary? Yeah. Yes. It's a, a grey area. There's, yeah. there's loads of grey areas and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, I, I stood by what Gary Linica actually said and stood up for. So, well done on him. Loz? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think, um, let's be honest, it's very dodgy how certain news channels and stuff have... Uh, Gone, gone for the kill on him, but they're the ones who uh, sucker up to a certain uh, party that's in control at the moment. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's a very lot of very dodgy things at the moment in this country, and uh, I think a sports presenter's just saying, I think it's wrong. He's slightly worrying how they've managed to turn it all on him, and we're not focusing on the main thing. But that's did my you opinion. see the alternate match of the day that GB News did? 
<laughs> you know, with thick. <laughs> they couldn't eat. They didn't have the license to show the um, game, so they just had a still photo <laughs> and tried to claim that as highlights. I was like, that, that's you're kind of taking a piss out of yourselves here. Did you yeah, see what I said yeah. about Brighton? That was even worse. I'm not going to say it, but what they yeah, said about Brighton, bad. Yeah. It's like, you're, I mean, that says a lot about that news channel, but oh, sorry, news channel. But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the BBC are an absolute disgrace. <laughs> they are. They're just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly put my political hat on for a second. They are a disgrace. They're just Tory apologists and... The Tories are all over that place. It's it, it's rotten to the core with Tories. And it kind of shows how fragile this disgusting Tory government is. That, And it was also a distraction as well, like Laurie says, from the bigger issues here. So when they had a chance, you know, they were like, right, how can we create something just to take people's eyes away from the real issues? But the BBC are a disgrace. And the fact that one ex-footballer said the tiniest thing, you know, it's kind of showing them up for exactly what they are. I'm not a Lineker fan, not particularly. I'm not, you know, I can, not his biggest fan, not give him a take, him don't bother me, but he were absolutely right. And I think the solidarity that all the other presenters and people on Five Live and other kind of people, showrunners and things, producers, who kind of were on Gary's side, that was really refreshing to kind of say, you know, it's, we're going to stand with him. I, li- I liked that. But yeah, that's the Tories are a disgrace and the BBC are a disgrace. So. And if you think of it now, Gary Lineker's come out of it smelling of roses, where the BBC yeah. just look like a complete set of numpties, which is exactly what they are and the way they've handled it was wrong. Reese, oh, get us out of this. Yeah, right. Done. <laughs> Pause <laughs> it. Lorik, we're moving. We're moving. We've gone. We've gone. Uh, this podcast in the mailbag. We always have a full range of questions. There is no fee. We do things in no random order, other than the order that Eddie puts them in. Uh, so the next question is from Kyle, uh, who said, "Loved the feeling of Bentley and Newman returning. Gives us the give us the treble winners." It's, Gives the treble winners such an enormous lift. Who can cope with us now is a no. chaos question. Nope, that's <laughs> no, that's no one. Kyle, course. I agree. Clearly, a member of the Church of Rome is Kyle. He's a good lad. Um, he's a good listener. But I uh, know that. How did you feel, Loz, when you saw Bentley and Newman returning on the team sheet, and obviously Newman scoring? Which did you, uh, and as well, Loz, did you feel because we kind of said on the match review that. Even though the game was dreadful, I know you didn't go, but even though the game was dreadful, because we had Harry on the bench, we knew he was going to come on and score. Did you feel the same? And how did you feel about seeing both Newman and Bentley on the team sheet? Boy, I think it was, wasn't it? Oh, hmm? yeah. I think for us, we needed that lift, didn't we? I mean, I know we have been playing well, we played well against Saints, etc. But we, you know, we needed him back in the team because we know what he can offer us. And I think having him back, Bentley especially, Bentley, I mean, we've said this before, him towards the end of last season was phenomenal, wasn't he? So yeah, he kind amazing. of does offer a lot to our pack. Now, obviously, I didn't, I've only seen the highlights. I don't know quite to what extent Bentley did offer, mm. but he's that sort of player that will always lift teams or at least under Rowan he has. And as for Newman, I mean, let's be honest, the kid's a superstar, isn't he? So. Yeah, he is. 
I was beginning of Paul Week to my family. I was like, right, Newman's going to be on. It, it, like, this guy is the because my uncle hasn't been a season ticket holder before at Rhinos, and I'm telling you, this guy is the superstar of Super League. Like, so I was really hoping that when Newman came on, he did something, and his first two touches were one to wallop someone, and two was to score a try. And he looked at me, and it looked like for a split second, I actually knew what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but Laurie, what you missed on? You got lucky. I got lucky, yeah. What you missed on Friday was Bentley was like a little giddy little kid on that pitch on Friday. Well, he was, he looked, you, you could see how happy he was to be back on the pitch running around, tackling anything that moved. Um, so, no, I, I, it's a massive lift having them both back. It was. And Newman will win. Newman will win Man of Steel as well. Moving on to the next question. Daz says, I'm getting this out. I vaguely remember the home game versus Catalan Dragons last year being confirmed as the coldest game ever on last year's lot pod. But surely the Wakefield game is now the new champion. Could we possibly have a coldest game in history of the podcast title? Keep up the good work of the podcast. It stops me going mad at work at times. Thanks, Daz. I think the only way to decide this because James and Reese on the match review said it wasn't that cold. I thought it was Baltic. Daz says that the Catalans game, we mentioned that being cold last year. It's a poll, do you think, Reese? The only it has to it is a poll. It has to be a poll. Catalan <laughs> all I mean, it's in the history of obviously the lot pod, there's two games. I know Laurie will probably throw Crusaders away uh yeah. in which was two thousand and eight, nine, ten. Ten, I think. And yeah. That uh, so that yeah. that was apocalyptically cold and snowy. I was I remember watching that and telly going no, um, but Catalan was easier, colder, and I think also if you remember the Catalan game, Alex Mello got knocked out in the first minute, yeah, and we all stood there, and it wasn't oh, yeah. it was I think the crowds were reduced as well, or or it was just a shit crowd. I can't remember, mm. um, and it was quite empty. Whereas when it's busier, you've got more people to steal the warmth off, haven't you? Yeah. I was stood on the Western Terrace for that game and honestly, never been as cold in all my life. There was me and my dad just like, oh. he got to about 10 minutes to go, like, should we get an Uber home? And my dad was like, yeah, can we? Yeah, That's how cold it was. But that uh, the Celtic game was bad. Um, the problem with that um, game, if I remember, which I do remember right, it was at Wrexham, but it snowed just about an hour and a half before kickoff and it, was free, yeah. it froze all the roads around the stadium. So it was like an ice rink. So literally everybody was like having to hold on to things to walk down this little, I remember like a little hill to get to the stadium. Absolute nightmare. Absolutely the worst conditions I've ever been to for a game. So yeah, <laughs> add that to a poll. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put a poll out, Daz. Put a poll out for that one. Next question's from Ryan. Uh, and he's asking, what has been your favourite ever podcast? I'm assuming he's talking just about the ones we've done on the lot pod. Yeah, I think so. Um, mm. So I, I've got a couple of favourites, and and the thing I want to say about this as well is that you know me and me and Eddie are not trained in any way to do this. We are just fans. That not that you can up, tell. <laughs> make it up as it goes along, but we always, every time we do a pod, we always text each other straight away, go great pod or something like that. And but every time we've been doing the match review panel week on week, we do get into our stride, and it feels like we are finding a really good rhythm and a really good focus and the, the pods are getting better and better each time I think but generally my favourite one um, I think one of my favourites actually was the Ryan Golding one the head groundsman certainly because, one of the most surprising yeah because we were going into it thinking we could get a good 
30, 45 minutes out of this. We could have gone on for hours. It was we fascinating. Could get him back on. If, if, yeah, if Ryan wanted to come back on and tell some of his stories that he told us off air. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's allowed, is he? I don't, he <laughs> that would make for a fascinating pod. But yeah, Reese is right. Carry on, Reese. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably one of my favourites. Um, and I also think the Wigan semi-final match review panel was probably one of my favourites as well. What about um, you, Lloyd? Me? Um, yeah, I loved I that Wigan in the playoffs last year just because the feel-good factor that from where we were under Agar in 11th, 12th, yeah. 11th, down there rotting away and kind of obviously myself and Reese and Laurie being involved with the pod and reviewing those earlier games and just thinking, Christ, how how what's this season going to develop into and then after that Wigan game to for the feeling being so enthralled that we're going back to the game again it, it was unbelievable and we were just I think it was Josh on the review if I remember right myself recent Josh and we, we were just buzzing and just constantly smiling just I felt like we were hardly talking isn't this great it's so great but that that was a really good feeling um, I loved, even though we lost the grand final, I loved the podcast for the review of that as well because the day out itself was was brilliant. Meeting everybody, you know, for, from Twitter and who listens to the podcast, met a lot of put a lot of um, faces to names, and that that were brilliant. Another day out, but one that I really enjoyed was the Cy Brown one when we had Cy Brown on. Yeah, Sai. That were, yeah, just such a fascinating story and one that people who weren't even or not necessarily into rugby league, who I know, listened to it and were like, his story were like gripping. So it was almost like. I remember him telling us about this story when he got injured um, whilst he was out on tour. I mean, you were just. So I've never seen us so laser focused on a pod. I mean that. I mean it doesn't take us a lot to look, but like we were completely laser focused. And he finished that story. We were both just kind of aghast, like we had no idea what to say after it. Um, but yeah, that was a really yeah. good one to say actually. His whole story were were fantastic. I think my favourite has to be one that me and Eddie did with uh, Danny Ward. Do you remember? It was that it was had so many technical gremlins in that it was actually quite funny because his connection kept on dying. So we were trying to fill in, and it was just like it it was so random and yet so funny. Because I remember at times we were just like, we're gonna have to make this up as we go along, aren't we? And it was almost like yeah. it was like me and Laurie on the podcast. <laughs> we were asking ourselves questions jumping in. <laughs> but that's definitely. I think it might still be out there. Brilliant podcast, but it's just very random. It very is. Random. It is available, everybody. If you want to go back and listen to it, great guest, and probably someone will have oh. to get back on with a better connection because it's, it's, it's well worth it and, and it was funny. But just lastly, very. the podcast that we've had, or the most feedback I've had face to face rather than texts or email or, or DM, was the Danica. Prim pod, that was the one where uh, she was funny. When so I, funny. I, she was brilliant. And when I, whatever game that was, after that podcast, 
that's the game when I had like I think I had three people, one in, in one in the head and lit taps and two in the south stand saw me and said um they loved the podcast, they loved the Danica podcast. So that felt good as well. That Danica were a fantastic guest. It's me in it, Reese. Yeah. <laughs> a question from Will. Will says Yeah, my phone's just locked. Will says, I may be the only one, but I think Alfords can count himself lucky that Hanley got injured. I don't rate Alfords at all. And with Newman back, Alfords should have been on the bench. Do you agree with that, Laurie? Do you think Alfords would have been out if Hanley would have been fit? See, if you watch the last like five, ten minutes of the game against Saints, he was actually a bit of steady hands. If you watch the couple of last plays in that game, he took the ball into the middle, didn't he? And there's been a couple yeah. of times when I've thought when he's had the ball, all right, he runs sideways, but he does take the ball into the centre to make it a bit safer. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be one of these that's going to be an interesting one. I don't think he's going to be mind-blowing for us, but he'll do a job. I don't know. I don't know what you guys mm-hmm. think. For me, he's, he's he's not going to be a star. He's not. I don't think he'll win any awards, but he'll just do a job. Bit of a grafter. He will do a job. Agreed. I mean, he Agreed. he was what fifth, sixth in the meters last year in the whole mm. league. I think he was like the third or fourth in the try scoring. So at Cass, so you know he's he's not a bad player at all. Um, I mean, I mentioned on the pod on some Sunday that he did more crabbing than he did actually going forward. Um, but there's a time and place for that. That skill set he's got in doing that is it's a time and place for it, and I think it's tough finding the right place. But with fussy scoring, Hanley being Hanley, and obviously Newman coming back, you wouldn't you wouldn't put him in the starting lineup. Personally, I wouldn't. Even even if he took performances aside, just those names, you'd probably put them on there. But I like I kind of like the signing in a way because it does mean that if we do have an injury injury on the wing or the centre, it does mean we have that cover. But then on the flip side of that argument is is he blocking someone like Lewis Roberts or Liam Tyndall coming through? Mm. Yeah, good point. But I, I, I don't think he's. I mean, he's got a new haircut. Well, maybe it's the new haircut. Maybe the new haircut's not working out for him. I don't know. That's true. Change because everything comes down to haircuts. That's about our analysis of rugby league. That's what it comes down to. Uh, yeah. True. Um, <laughs> next question is from Oliver Barton, uh, who said, starts off saying, loves the podcast. Thanks for giving all those Leeds fans something to chuckle at. I don't know if he means laughing at us or laughing at what we talk about, but we'll, we'll hope it's the latter. Um, he's, Oliver's asking, what's our thoughts on Tom Holroyd's start to the season? Oliver says that he thinks he's showing us exactly what we're missing. And when Mick is back, the pair of them will make an impressive double act. Uh, Eddie, you kind of touched a bit on this, actually, on um, the match view panel. I did. I think that, I'm kind of guessing, but I think that that's what Oliver's kind of getting at. But I can't. I can't wait to see them both together again, you know, reunited back together and, and kind of showing us exactly what, what they're made of. I think, I don't know. It's some, just in that it's something that since the, because they were both, I've said this loads, but because they were kind of both breaking through at a similar time and we've all wanted to see it long term. And now it feels like Mick, he is there, you know. He's a he's a world, genuinely a world class prop, and it's like I want Tom to show us he's at that same level. So it'll be interesting to see 
when, when they do play together, which they will, you know, they will play together this year and hopefully it's a long-term partnership because I'm probably, I, I spe- I'll speak for myself, but I'm assuming people listening to this as well feel similar or if not exactly the same in that there's nothing I love more than Academy products becoming world-class and Mikaletsky is world-class. You know, he, he would have played, he should have, sorry, played at England more at the World Cup. I think the only two reasons why he didn't was because of Sean Wayne and I think he were kind of injured, you know, kind of, I think he, he could. He carried an injury into the World Cup, didn't he? He were carrying one into there, so he kind of put his hand up to Sean Wayne to say, yeah, I'll play, but be aware that I am, I am struggling. What do you think about it, Loz? Well, at the end of the Saints game, he was stood at the bottom of the seat stand where the camera is, talking to some people, and I dashed down and literally I shouted him over. Tom came over and I just went, "Well done, mate! You deserve that game." And he and he literally went, "Thanks yeah. so much, mate." Give him a little hug and said, "Well done," because that was I thought his performance against Saints was class. He really gave it to him, and I think mm. he's needed that. He's needed a performance where he's literally got himself going because I think having so long off, I think as a forward, you need that one performance where you get back into it or you feel like you're back into it. And he did that. He did that superbly, yeah. I thought. But he'll be he looks fit in the moment as well, doesn't he? He looks, he just looks, he, I, I know you, you know, some people, I think even might be you already saying that it doesn't really matter about having starting or bench props, you know, in theory, they all should be able to start, but I kind of like a starting that could potentially do 60 minutes, you know, that if he needs to do it. Um, but at the same time, and, and I think you've got that in Mick and Tom Holroyd. Um, so I, I, but he looks, I think to do that, you need to be fit. And I think he looks really, he's looking fitter than I've seen him play. But again, this is what I mentioned about your view panel. Every time he hits contact, he always takes the extra two metres forward, which I think is the best part of Tom's game. His leg drive and always making that extra metre so we're on the front foot is so important. Um, but now, Ollie, I agree. Yeah, I think he's quick... showing exactly what we're missing. It's good to have some forwards as well. It feels good to have some proper yes. props. And, and, you know, considering stage last year where we're like, what are we going to do? It actually feels quite nice to have that option. It does. Especially, like you say, Los, when last year we were backing up with Bodine Thompson and James Donaldson spelling there. No, no. It's, it's 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 full credit to Rowan that playing them two there got us to a grand final. <laughs> <laughs> Quite remarkable. Uh, Vic Vic says so. How many layers did everyone? The the weather has been the biggest talking point of the whole Wakefield game. It just does. So Vic says so. How many layers? Did everyone wear on Friday night? I get the feeling the club shop sold out of hats, gloves, and scarves. I answered this on the on the match review panel. Reese, I don't think you said. Did did you put many layers on on Friday, Reese? Well, because Laurie's at home was at home on Friday. I don't want to ask how many layers that he was wearing. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm hoping it's at least one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah. just slacks. Just a, yeah. T-shirt, hoodie, and a jumper, and a hat. To be fair, though, I had I saw a lot of the hats, and there were a lot of NFL hats going around the NFL beanies because they are bloody warm. 
Um, they are built for very mm. sub-zero temperatures up in Wisconsin and places like that. So um, they're really warm. But yeah, no, none of this four pairs of socks like you did. You wore so like four <laughs> pairs of shirts, just a just a, a t-shirt, a hoodie, and a jumper. And a hat. Didn't even there double go, sock. I see. I'm gonna say. Paul is asking, uh, and you must have been hearing some of your Mason Lino comments, Eddie. Um, Paul's asking, Eddie, what did you make of Mason Lino's performance? I thought he played pants. And personally, wouldn't want him in a lead shirt. I think we need better. Why don't you want Sinfield to get the seven shirt? So this is just directly at you with this. So I'm just going to bully you with this one. Why? Why don't you want Sinfield to get the seven shirt? I do. Pressure's on. Oh, no, no, no. Why why don't you? <laughs> Paul, Paul, and Reese have got both my arms at my back. I do. I'd love nothing more than Jack, as I've said with Jared, start of the year. I wanted Jared to get the nine. The 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 leading into twenty twenty two, I wanted Jack Broadbent to be given the four instead of Liam Sutcliffe. I believe in youth. I love youth. Coincidentally, <laughs> I've just said how much I, I love academy players. I know I said becoming world class, but just becoming starters for us, you know, and, and, and going on to win many, many things with us. So I'd love nothing more, Paul, than to see Jack be given the chance, be given said it loads. I don't know why I don't know why Paul's saying this to be honest. <laughs> given a run of games, given the opportunity. In terms of Mason Lino, I think it kind of depends like like everything else. It depends on the form of of the two halves that we've got the both in the last year and it depends on their form and whether that picks up, but I just feel that Lino is the one that I do think is a better player than we saw on Friday. He's young enough, and importantly, he would sign for us. He would be an easy signing for us to make. But that's not saying I'd, I'd, won't, I'd I'm hoping that we're testing the market anyway. It was just kind of the one available halfback in the league that I feel I'd be happy. If he did sign for us, how do you feel about that, Laurie? Do you think Lino would be a decent signing for us? Well, we're going to get Sean Johnson, are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after, yeah. His, after his performance the other day, released, I was like, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Do you know? I don't know who we can even go for. That's the worrying thing. Well, hang on, Caesar. All hail He's Caesar! He's currently he third yeah, yeah, in the Man of Steel rankings. Yeah, is it? He's doing all right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Considering those first two rounds that he had to be third in the uh, Man of Steel rankings is quite impressive. I it's just warmed up. I just needed a bit of warming up, hadn't he? Clearly. Um, look, I think my response to it, if I'm going to put it now, Sinfield's. You don't want to play him too young. We've seen a bit of damage when you played Steve Ward too young and Jack Walker too young. We've got to be careful. You've got to nurture them a bit. Um, you've got a perfectly capable seven in Caesar, and if Caesar sticks to his current form, I'd give him another year. Why not? Yeah, yeah. There you go, Paul. Next question's from Steve L. And Steve says, Eddie, have you ever considered making the podcast subscription based? It would raise additional funds and help it go even further. And also, how about a lot pod website too? Keep up the good work. We listen in from Sunny Hull. It's nice to get the Leeds angle on all things Leeds from a distance. Steve, I can fundamentally tell you now, 
this podcast will never, ever, ever, ever be subscription-based, ever. Whatever, it will not cost anyone any money to ever listen to this podcast. No matter, I don't care if we go to 12 million viewers, 12 million listens, it will never, ever, ever be behind a paywall, ever. In terms of the website, I think I have thought about this before, but what would go on it? Well, I think we've got all bases covered. with Just a shrine to Dan in the Wire. It yeah, would be like a, just, a, yeah, yeah. a museum. <laughs> I was trying to Danny Maguire because I, I kind of, a couple of times throughout the Lockpod page has been out since 2018 and maybe three, four, five times I have tweeted like I'd, I'd like to work with people who would be interested in writing like a blog or a, a couple of articles. But then that's now kind of fallen into the fanzine. So that that's kind of got that covered we've got a lot pod shop for the fans in and the badges. That's kind of like a website. We've got this platform. We've got Twitter. So I just don't know what would go on a website, Steve. So I've not kind of bothered with it. But it's in terms of the, about, is it? <laughs> no, I think we've got all bases covered it, but in, in terms of the subscription, I can get categorically tell you now it'll always be free. It'll never, ever be behind a paywall, but, Thanks for listening from all. I hope we cheer you up. Next question is from Jack, uh, who's asking, do you think Reese will be up for making his stats database public? Um, God, we're going to have a bit of a down with some of these responses, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> um, Jack, I'm uh, afraid hey, not. They're asking. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, true. Uh, I'm afraid not, Jack. I will do potentially at the end of the season. Um, but when it's during the season, it's a live document and I've got stats for every single team this year and every single player. And I can't run the risk of it being corrupted because it took me far too long to put together. Um, but at the end of the season, I probably will release it so everyone can have a put and mess around with it. Um, but yeah, during the season... I think, that's, um, I think that's a fair response, Reese, And I also think you should kind of take that as a compliment because people, as you know, with your, your work on here and when you do your weekly stats from that previous game, people get a lot of love for you, Reese. I, I think you should take that as a compliment. And I think if you are going to release it at the end of the year, I think a lot of people will be interested in that. I genuinely do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's other people that do some really good stat work as well. I mean, the rugby league analytics, you know, he does some really good stuff as well. Um, but it's, it's a stats bit I love. I know some people like, you know, doesn't how much does it really tell you? But sometimes it supports your theories and your observations. Sometimes it completely surprises you. Um, but I think it yeah. does tell. It just gives you that most things. But I, I think the NFL doesn't help that because NFL's got stats for days. Like far too many stats. Yeah, like, stat- you know, in the stat- Super Bowl, you, you can bet. And it's not stats, but on the Super Bowl, you can bet on the colour of the Gatorade that gets thrown over the head coach. Yeah. It's That's like how to the wow. nth degree, and they'll have stats on what it's been like the last Super Bowls. Really, really strange. Um, but yeah. Next question. Green, my guess. Green. <clears throat> Excuse me. Holly asks, "Hi there. Question for your mailbag podcast. That's us. I was born in Colorado, but moved to the UK when I was around eighteen months old. I have lived on the southwest coast of England all my life. Well, I don't think you have." 
<laughs> you, you just told us. <laughs> right. Holly, yeah, you're Holly, lying to us. The question now, are you? When you just called her a liar? Wow, that's savage. You're lying. <laughs> you bloody liar. I have lived on the southwest coast all my life. You, you haven't. Anyway, I lived on the southwest coast of England all my life. <laughs> I have been to Leeds games and get to as many as possible. Well, good, good for you, Holly. My question: I work in speech therapy. So I'm pretty fascinated by accents and the way people speak. I find your accent to be quite unique. Where are you originally from, if you don't mind me asking? I also find your way of speaking really unique too. You seem to pause midway through sentences. Is it the accent you have? I can only assume she's talking about me and not Yeah, because I don't really have an accent, so it must be you. <laughs> it must be me. Um, what did she ask? Find your accent kind of unique. Where are you from? Where am I originally from? I'm I'm from I'm from Leeds. I'm from Unslet in Leeds, Holly. I don't know if I've got an Unslet accent or a Leeds accent. In terms of the way I speak, that that pause midway through sentences, I do do that, and I'm I'm well aware of that. And so is Harriet. I don't know why I do it. I am I kind of part of me puts it down to. My accent. Other parts of me, I am severely, severely asthmatic. So my breathing pattern is kind of all over the shop. So I think that plays a part. But I think I've just got a generic Leeds accent, to be honest. But yeah, nice question, Holly. You don't Reece? think it's because you're, you're pausing midway through your sentence going, shit, if I say the second part of this sentence, I'm in big trouble with Harriet here. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's related to that. No, right. I, that's that's why I pause. Yeah. <laughs> oh crap! Should have seen. Um, yeah, yeah. Get the lawyer. Into the van is brilliant. Yeah. Um, Julian uh, has asked, uh, "How about some gaming questions?" Well, we've had a mu- person asking us all the music questions. We've had someone that's asked all the movie questions. So, Julian, if you want to pick up the gaming questions, you're more than welcome to. I but agree, Julian yeah. has asked, mm-hmm. "What are your top five best games Ooh. ever?" Laurie, have you got any top five um, games? Football Manager, amazing. Mm-hmm. I've been playing it all most of this time off. I've had um, a game called Titanfall. Which I've loved on the Xbox for years. That's amazing. Um, GTA Five played that for years. Yeah. Halo yeah. on and off. Um, I do like that. Mm. I think what else? I've been playing new Formula One. Well, last Formula One game, which is pretty good. But that's kind of my favourite mm. games. Hey, did you get a chance now that you got three kids? Uh, I do in a sense because we play them together. Now the kind of an age where, but they don't. They don't. It's kind of something now. I, th- I, th- I feel that the younger generation and mine are really young, but mine like to watch me play the game. But they, what they, you know, they watch. I don't know if that's like a new, like a YouTube thing where they watch. Because I know my eldest watches people play Minecraft on YouTube. But then when I said to him, why don't we play it? He says, well, you play it and I'll tell you what to do. And I'm like, yeah, do you want to physically play the game? 
And he's like, no, I, I, he enjoys, they both enjoy, the baby's obviously too young, but they both want me to play it, but they love it, but I, I have to play it. So I'm kind of in that's that not sense. A bad so arrangement, I don't think. I don't, you can't, you can't no, exactly not play really, GTA. We, you can't play GTA. No, exactly. Like, that's we, not appropriate. We are tied to, we play Roblox. So that's, it's like, it's free for anyone listening. It's like loads of silly little jumping around games. And, but then it, there's, there's, they are, my kids are really young. So there's certain stuff where, there's jump scares, and we're like, <laughs> shit, <laughs> we're all just, I'm thinking, this isn't the thing. But in terms of me, one of mine is genuinely Pokemon. Played it since I was a kid, loved it. Obviously, I had the cutoff, but now my boys love Pokemon, so I've jumped back in with them and playing it on the Switch, and we love it together, absolutely love it. So I think that's one of the goats, genuine goats. Red Dead Redemption 2... Yeah. is yeah. the best Amazing. computer game that has ever been produced in the history of computer games. It is absolutely outstanding. It was just incredible. I genuinely gripped from the moment I switched that thing on. I played it for hours and hours and hours. And it, it was one of those games where I stayed up till two in the morning playing it and doing the side missions. And then you'd watch someone on YouTube who'd wander off into the hills and find some vampire or something, you'd follow that. But Red Dead Redemption, I love Saints Row, all those. I know Laurie touched on GTA, but Saints Row as well, loved all those. And Mario Kart as well. I think Mario Kart is one of the absolute goats. But yeah, if, if, if number one for me ever, and I, I doubt, I, I just cannot see it being topped. That's Red Dead Redemption 2. I just think it's unbelievable. Reese, I mean, my, football manager, football manager 2023, <laughs> football manager 2022, football manager 21. Um, no, football manager is the best game in the entire world. Um, slight update I'm potentially no longer going to be in the Ukrainian first division anymore. What? Well, I'm not. Oh, wow. I'm in the Ukrainian Premier League now. Go on, I finished, I finished third to Dynamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk, which are just impossible to beat in the Ukrainian league. First season in the Ukrainian Premier League, finished third. But I might either be making a move to Fortuna Dusseldorf or Angers in the French League. Maybe that's a poll we need to do next. But yeah, no, um, Football Manager is a game that obviously I've been addicted to and still very much addicted to uh, now. Uh, Battlefield 1, which was the World War One game, which was that was absolutely epic. Um, Rugby 08. When back when EA did mm -hmm. rugby union games, that was an amazing yes, game. I just got it mm -hmm. right. The 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 Aussie ones just haven't really come up to the plate on that one. Um, I mean, I used to play rugby league live. I think two was probably yes. the best one. That you can't even the the latest one. It's it was like released four years ago, and it's still forty quid. I'm what? like, come on. <laughs> Because I was thinking about, it, I was like, oh, can I play it? Because it's the 2017 season, so it's still got Mags and Burr in it. it. Um, mm. But it's forty quid still. I'm like, Jesus, that's like game's six years old now. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then that's what I, I suppose. That actually, Call of Duty Warzone, like the original one, when it came out during COVID, mainly because that was my social mm. life for about, for about three yeah. months when we couldn't get out. So, but no, Football <laughs> Manager leads the way by a long, long way for me. Keep the gaming questions coming, Julian, should you feel that way. Because, like Reese said, we've had 
music, we've had films, telly. So keep the games coming. Why not? Big market. We love them. Sean says, Pie News should be a new feature on the lot pod. Reviews of food and drink in and around Headingley. We have spoken about pies and beer on the on two or three. Mail we haven't bags, given Laurie or... an opportunity to rant about mm-hmm. Piegate yet, though, have we? I've got Mel's a slight alternative. Go for it. I, St. Helens, they need to have a serious word for themselves. What The beer choice was two beers on draft. One, Red red, uh, red V Smooth, which I presume must have been like a smooth, did look pleasant. The other option, Carling. What? God, it's like wow. Old Trafford all over again, isn't it? Literally, that was it on draft. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got like bottles of like cider, but That's they run out before the game. They'd actually run out of cider yeah. before the kickoff, which you're like, there's hardly anybody here anyway. And then the, the pies, I, I decided to go a little bit rogue. I tried a hot pot pie. No, just no. Absolutely. <laughs> when you when you started eating it, like I cracked it open. I, I eat pies a bit weird. I always take the lid off first, eat that, and then filling. The filling was grim. Mm. It was like cat sick. That's what it was like. I literally looked at it. Went, I ate a bit of it. My friend was like, what the hell are you eating? And I'm just like, I'm eating a hot pot pie. Warm cat sick. Yeah, literally. I'm not joking. And then the funniest bit was, you know, like when all the Saints fans were like biting at us over a week, one of them went, uh, I saw, I looked at a tweet, the pile went, oh, they're now selling hot pot pies at the game. They're really nice. I thought, fucking hell, you lot have got no taste. Absolute yeah. no taste whatsoever. Yeah, that was terrible. But um, I've, not, I've not had a pie at Eddie Lee yet, so I can't comment. Sorry. Don't bother. Need to, Don't I need bother. to change my match day routine to fulfill Sean's wish of a food and drink section for Headingley for each game because I mean I've got no problem with doing that. Call on game I'll do it. I'll, uh, I'll uh, get a field review. There you go Sean. Reese is in charge. <laughs> As always. Um, next question is from Tom uh, and we're flipping to the other sport <coughs> that Laurie, uh, Lottie doesn't like talking about. Um, so a good draw with Brighton uh, for Leeds United at the weekend. Tom thinks we'll stay up. Have any of you changed your mind on our relegation battle? So I think I said I think we would stay up. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit more nervous each game, Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> As each game goes by, I think we're incredibly lucky to uh, draw against Brighton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Mitomo destroyed Luke Ayling. I mean, absolutely destroyed. So, yeah, I'm not feeling that positive. Tom, as I was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm assuming Eddie's response is going to be, no, I've always thought we're going to get relegated. Ever since we got Rabiel, so we deserve to be relegated. Is that right, Eddie? Correct. <laughs> yeah. Laurie? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm starting to get a bit like we're going down here. Yeah. Um, we just looked awful on Saturday. I was, trying, I, I was, I was watching both the whole game and um, Leeds, oh, sorry, Holden Salford on uh, Saturday, same time as Leeds game. And I couldn't work out if Hull were worse than us in terms of um, awfulness of sport performances. It was a tricky one. Christ. I don't even know what the result. Yeah. yeah. No, we're going down. We're definitely going down. Um, the new the new manager is just that. It's just another Jesse Mass 
stopgap. It's just another, just yeah. Whoever who wants it, him. Do you want it? Yeah, but he wants it, so we we'll sign him. I mean, I wish him all the best, but he's not good enough. And the proof's in the pudding because he's making the same mistakes. He's picking the same squad. There isn't enough changing, and no, it's just diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Harrison's finish was lovely. Put it in top corner. I think it's his weak foot. Bamford's finish, just because I literally just put onto WhatsApp seconds before, why is Bamford playing? And then he smashed his train off the back. Typical. Yeah, no, not on a phone. And we're, we're going down. I mean, it, it just seems to be like we lose or we draw and fucking Bournemouth beat Liverpool and I'm like, what? After Liverpool batter scum in a historic, and I'm like, what? It's just all, it's very, very 2004 again, you know, like in 2004, I don't know how old you are, Tom, but in 2004, that squad, everyone were like, it's too good to go down, you know, Mark Baduka and Alan Smith and all that, we had loads of internationals and yet we went down. And you look at this squad now and people keep saying, yeah, our team, we've got, got that. I'm like, I don't know. I think we're going down. I don't, that's not going to change until proven otherwise. <laughs> uh, Elliot says, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather talk about Leeds Rhinos, Tom. Elliot says, Eddie, can we hear what these conspiracy theories you won't mention and believe in are? You can't keep us all in suspense. Elliot, I'm not going to. Not, I'm not gonna say it on this platform, mate. I'm not. I'm just. It's I bad. can't. It's bad. I can't. I just can't. I think two or three people asked who've got my personal number, and I, I told them that I'm not willing. To, I'm not willing to share the information, Elliot. I shall ask oh. you after this. <clears throat> yeah, you can ask me off there, and I'll tell you. <laughs> Um, next question is from Carl, who's saying, Reese has done some nice intros on the recent podcasts. Carl, if we could just elevate that word nice a bit to, <laughs> you know, back the winning. Super. Oscar, you know, yeah, Oscar winning, what you want to call him. Uh, but what's happened to the to the old intro? Have we killed it off? Carl really liked the old intro. I liked the old intro. Um, I don't know if we'll continue to do it. I think, I don't know. But it's got to know. I'm, I'm looking at my. I, I read it. Slash boss. <laughs> <laughs> I read it as. But what happened to his own intro? As in, I thought. Oh, as, as in, <laughs> talking about. I'm a staff man. Freeze. 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 Oh, that can still happen. Because we to be fair, Reese, we yeah, we have completely forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> we have. So yeah, maybe we bring that intro. <laughs> we'll bring that back, Carl. But yeah, you're right. Reese's intros have been awesome. Yeah. On to Twitter. Josh asks... Was that, was that, was that Josh, one of your pauses? Was that your, one of your famous pauses? <laughs> I thought we streamed That was one of my famous pauses, but also me scrambling to get the Twitter <laughs> mail back up. Josh asks, should, should Cam Smith get rid of his mullet, Reese? No. No. 
That's where the power is currently being held. The whole treble winning season hangs on that mullet. There's no, no way I should get rid of that, Josh. It's, it's no. a thing of beauty. I like how Sam Walters is slowly growing his out as well. I hope a couple of other players follow suit. We can be just a team of wonderful, beautiful, flowing mullets. But no, should definitely not. Keep it, Sam. Keep it, Cam. It's beautiful. Don't get rid. Um, next question is from Standing Spectator, who I think we've had a similar question to this before, but he's asking, what's who's the worst player that's ever played for Leeds? Joe Vickery. Joe Vickery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Vickery. I think, still, I think we've asked that question before, mm-hmm. and I think that was the exact same answer last time. Yeah, Joe Vickery no bad ball. Ball. Ball Yeah. Um, um else. there's been some horrors. Oh, Nick blimey, two a lola here. He was bad, yeah. Mm. Um, who else were really bad? Do you know, I thought were bad. Keith Galloway, I thought he were bad, yeah. He was terrible, bad. Um, yeah. See, I'm gonna be slightly controversial. Josh Walters was slightly bad but because he was a cult hero he wasn't bad he's got one of the best mm-hmm. commentary lines in Lee's Rhino's history <laughs> yeah he has even the, even, even, the, even the commentator's like what? <laughs> yeah he's in he's in Rhino's history Um, I'd, I'd probably say you're probably Joe Vickery isn't it really it has to be I think it is Joe Vickery oh I'll tell you what really bad who I thought were going to be really good Mitch A. Church. He was oh, shocking. Uh, oh, God, he was diabolical. That classic cliche of looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane, to a T. <laughs> I've, I've never heard that. I know I haven't either, but I might use that for future. That really? definitely, I'm, I'm definitely going to start using that on more times than I should. Yeah. <laughs> did he get sent off if I remember right against the local yeah. challenge? Yeah, but did he start scrapping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he was shocking. He was shocking. David Grant asks, "What is the weirdest food you have been served at a sports venue? Mine is a pot noodle at Boston United or popcorn at Coventry." First of all, Dave, I think I, I oh, like the idea of a pot noodle, me. I, do you? That sounds that that would have been lovely and warm on a uh, Friday night, especially yeah, that the Bombay like, bon bon one, the curry one. Oh, oh yeah, got like a, a bit of ramen. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. sounds really good. I'm down for that. What's the weirdest food you've had, gents, at a sporting game? I can't really. Th- I mean, it's not weird because I was in Scotland, but haggis. Oh. But like, if I was out of Scotland, it'd probably been a bit weird. But because I'm in Scotland, it was completely fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I can't. I can't think of anything weird, really. That I guess then. Hot. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I guess it is. Second question from David Grant: What are the three? What are the best three non-lead rhinos Super League kits? This season, Laurie. Wakefield home and away. 
say I'm going to say holds bonkers third shirt because it looks amazing, yeah. even though it is absolutely batshit mental. Suppose mm. it's between that and maybe one of Huddersfield kits because Huddersfield kits are quite nice. I don't know. It's a yeah. tough one. Many standouts this year, rather they're a bit meh. Like there's mm. not that many great. Ones, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go with that. Wakefield home kit is the best Lee's Rhino shirt this year. Correct. Um, I yeah. think it's a really, really nice shirt. Um, I think Hull KR's away kit, the sort of maroon with the gold mm. across the mm. middle, like that sort of throwback jersey, I think that's a really, really nice kit. And then Huddersfield's home kit uh, as well, really traditional sort of the V. I think that's really nice as well. Their, their away shirt actually deserves a shout as well. I think Huddersfield and Wakefield actually nailed their kits this year. They have. Wakefield home is the best Super League shirt this year. It's stunning. And like Reese said, it's the best Leeds shirt. And I agree, I agree, sorry, with Laurie. That I genuinely love. And I if if it was a Leeds shirt, I would buy it. And I don't buy Leeds Rhino shirts. The whole third shirt. I love it. I think it's it stunning. Is. I think it's the perfect, like similar to like what Laurie see the one that Laurie's wearing now, the third. As everyone has said, is a great idea, poorly executed. I think the only thing wrong with that shirt Laurie's got is the colour. They would have adapted yeah. it to black with, you know, like a grey design or with blue and whatever. It would have been a top seller. They just got it wrong. Whereas the whole kit, I know people say it's disgusting, but and I can see where people are coming from. But I think that is the perfect design. For the third shirt, I think that's you want exactly it to be a bit bad, you? what it should yeah, be you about. Want, you want your third one to be similar to well, I, I, exactly. Which is, I'm kind of contradicting myself here because that's what you're wearing, isn't it? You're wearing yeah. a shirt that is bonkers and kind of mad. absolutely crazy. But yeah, yeah. It should be like in public. But yeah. <laughs> Next questions are from. I'll tell you what, I'll take the three-peat from six again. So, between the men's, women's and wheelchair sides, how many trophies will Rhinos win this season? Men, one. Women, everything. So, they'll win... What? How many have they got for offer? Oh, they could do it. They do league leaders, don't they, the women's, don't they? Do they? Uh, you... Treble, they could do, yeah. Yeah, well, if they do, if they do a league leaders, it's a treble for the women. Easy. Wheelchair, they've got to come against Halifax, but they'll, they'll pick up a trophy. Um, and our academy will win one as well. So I reckon one, two, three, four, five, at least six between our Leeds Rhinos teams. Laurie? Do you agree with that, Laurie? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, I think the men will struggle um, this year. In, we might win the Challenge Cup. And then win the grand final. Sorry, just looking at Reese's face here. Yeah, well, I, I had to repent and apologize after the Saints game. And, you know, I feel like. Do I have to no one made him. This no one made him. No. By the way, no one made him apologize. He just felt the need. To... <laughs> All right, we're winning everything. It's the only easy view for three hours every week. That's why. <laughs> right, we, we are winning everything. Every coming on and. Every... Every yeah, trophy this year to, to I, 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 
Yeah, I genuinely never mentioned it to him. He just said, I feel like I have to apologise. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, we do not plan what we do in this podcast. <laughs> that was something I would thought I was going to do and not tell Eddie about. <laughs> Carry so, on, Rory. How many? And to be fair, I probably agree with Ray Saturday, I think. Yeah, I think the... Um, I mean, let's be honest, the women should walk this year quite easily with the squad they've got. Um, it's, yeah, the wheelchair, Halifax could be an issue, but should I think probably might win grand final, maybe, I'd say, this year. But I um, I think for the men's academy team, possibly do all right. First team, we shall see, maybe. Everything. Excellent. Everything. Six, uh, Bryce, next question is which sides do you predict to play in the 1895 final? So, those that just in case they don't know what the 1895 final is, it's effectively the, the championship cup, cup, isn't it? So, it's ch- teams from the championship and League One. Um, Eddie, do you want to take a prediction of who you think will be in that final? I think Bradford will get there. And Bradford versus who else could? I'm kind of thinking Sheffield. I think Bradford, Bradford. Hall, Halifax. Sheffield. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. Laurie? Halifax. I would say York, but I'm not sure because they've got a bit of a Fred Bear squad, haven't they? Yeah. So it, it'd be an intriguing one because. A feather out of it, aren't they? They don't qualify, I don't think, because they got knocked out in this last round. I think if you get knocked out in that round, challenge cup. Yeah, I think if you got knocked out in the challenge cup, I don't think in this round. I'm sure I I might read this wrong. You don't qualify for the 1865 because there are a list of the teams that are qualified and they're not there. I don't think. Might be just checking. Well, whilst yeah, just yeah. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. (laughs) Because otherwise, I'd say feather it, but. I think I'm not sure. I'll double check that whilst I ask Bry's last question, which is which food place, restaurant or takeaway, do you really want to try next? Uh, Eddie? God blimey. Um let me think. What's it called? Where'd my brother go? It's like an, um, it's no good to me, but it's like a bottomless, all you can drink Chinese in town. What's that called? What the hell is it called? Man's Market. Is that right? Oh, Man's Market. Yeah. 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 I'd like to go there just because my brother said it were really nice and I love Chinese food. But if it's bottomless alcohol, it's no good to me. But um, yeah, he said it's really nice. So that's kind of on. Mine and Harriet's list for our next date night. Loz, Loz is really good with food. He he knows loads of places and he's got a good palate. Really, Loz, he'll give he'll give us he'll give us somewhere really good now. I really want to go to that Blue Secure or whatever it's called up near uh, the arena. Ah, yes, delicious. I yes, the Rhinos players love it in there. And the, coincidentally, the last time me and Harriet went in there. Good old Rowan walked in. <laughs> and you didn't do anything about it, which just baffles me. I know, you should have weird. Come to my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think, I think, Did you yeah. have your badge on, believe in Rowan, at the time? 
<laughs> no, I had. I think I had a James Bentley one on my jacket. I always have a badge on, but I think I had a James Bentley one on. Now, I'm going to let a podcast secret out now. That week, I messaged Rowan on Instagram about coming on the podcast. And he messaged back saying, yes, willing to help wherever I can. That was like the day before. And then he walked in to Blue Sakura. And Harriet were like, he's there. And I'm like, I know. She's like, well, are you going to go and speak to him? It's weird that you're both in this room. And you're, you're just, I'm never, ever, ever going to bring it up. No way. She's like, it's just so weird that he's there. You invited him on. He said he's willing to help where he can, but you're not going to speak to him. I'm just like, no, I'll just pretend he's not there and let him go about his day. It would have been weird if I'm, hi, Rowan. <laughs> it's me from podcast. <laughs> it's weird that I've just segued you into saying this, by the way. I, I find that very, <laughs> it's not scripted, this show, Again, is it? We do, not plan, <laughs> we do not plan what to talk about on this podcast. We do not plan out. You can tell. That. But anyway, Laurie, Blue Sakura, for anyone that loves sushi, is amazing. Absolutely. Have to go. Yeah. It's well uh, worth it. For me, <laughs> it's the Angel at Hetton. Um, because I've just won a voucher for there from work. <laughs> so uh it's a bit star restaurant out in the Dales. So yeah, uh, I've always wanted to go. Uh, I've, never, I've never done a tasting menu before either. I like my food. Just I like I like eating out. So right, I've got the answer to the eighteen ninety-five question. So the five qualifiers. Uh, including any amateur teams, come from the fifth round of the Challenge Cup. With any of the teams who win in the sixth round of the Challenge Cup moving straight to the semi-finals, and then two of the remaining qualified teams will be drawn into a playoff round before the semi-final stage. It's a bit confusing. So you're right, mm. Featherston won't be in it if the same rules have applied for this year. Yeah, that's yes. all the prize questions. The next question is from Hinchy. And Hinchy asks, do you prefer our home games to be predominantly on a Friday night or would you rather they be on a Saturday or a Sunday? Reese, if you had a if you had a choice or when would you prefer our home games to be? I think Headingley Stadium itself is best in a night game because it's got the it's it's got the technical ability for it in the light shows and the music and everything else. Yeah. It looks great at night, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But I can't wait for Catalan at home at one o'clock on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. There's some, I, I, I would personally, I would prefer a one o'clock Saturday kickoff summer sport. I think I would prefer that. It feels a bit more family orientated. It feels a bit more, and the only problem is the amount of people that, you know, can't come for, you can't, there's people, there's always going to be people that can't come to any time of game, but, um, I certainly hate Thursday nights. So if you'd have put Thursday in night and I'd have ruled Thursday out. So, but if I was going to choose between a Friday night and a Saturday, Sunday afternoon, I would choose a Saturday, one o'clock. Loz, um, night games. I I like Friday nights, but I think that's just because that's so into our culture now. It's almost like yeah, it just feels natural, which it is. But oh, Saturday's sorry, can I tell you why I also don't like Friday nights? It's because I have to drive. Uh, because I can't if I'm I have to get if I was getting the train home back to Skipton, I have one train I get from Burley. If there's one cancellation, if I miss it, I can't get home. So selfishly, mm -hmm. like if it's on a Saturday one o'clock, I can I don't have to drive and I can drink. Roll on that Saturday, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Saturday games, I like Saturday games. I think there's some a bit 
nice about and a bit different. You can do some after. Yeah. Saturday games from Saturday games are like the treat games, whereas Friday night normal. So yeah. For me, I agree with Laurie. Friday nights are just right. They just I, I enjoy it in that it's the obviously it's the end of the week, but the end of the working week. I always look forward to it. Think right as soon as I finish work on Friday, get home, get everything ready, get to the game. The only thing that frustrates me is that I can't get to Friday night games as early as I'd like, just with work and commitments at home, family life and things. So I can only get to Headingley at like seven o'clock, which only leaves me like an hour of catching up with friends. They know that I meet there. Uh, so that's frustrating. I love Saturday games because I can get there earlier so I can have more time with, with friends and we can have a drink or something to eat beforehand. I always enjoy that. But I've said this loads as well that I think in terms of rugby league and how it could be highlighted more, I feel that Saturday night kind of late afternoon slot, six o'clock, I think that's prime. I know there's a lot of Saturday night football as well, but I still think that that is a real prime time for rugby league because, like Reese said, you're never going to please everyone. And a lot of people say about the earlier kickoffs that are on Channel 4, that the community games like around that time and there's loads and tons and tons of community games. So if you had a Saturday kickoff at like six o'clock, you're giving almost everybody time to do family things prior to it or, you know, whatever they need to do. And then I just feel that six o'clock slot on a Saturday would be prime time for like a Sky game or or any game, even if it's not on. I say a lot. Don't you remember... Um... Back in the old days, so, um, six o'clock games, Headingley yeah. against Saints, Southstand. The old mm. Southstand used to be bouncing because everybody had been up. It used to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, the atmosphere at Headingley yeah. was ten amazing. times better than any other time because just everybody was on for it. I agree. Yeah. Bring them, bring them back. I mean that that to me would work better than a Sunday afternoon. It would, you know, if you had the op- if Sky or whoever said right. We're going to have so many games on a Friday, the majority on a Friday and a Saturday, and then maybe one on Sunday to me. That would work loads better. Any more, Do question? We have a question from our friend Ewan, who's asking us uh, about the score predictions for this weekend's wheelchair rugby league opening fixtures. Now, what it, I'm really annoyed about is that I've just spent the last five minutes trying to find if it said fixtures. I can't find anything anywhere. Um, about wow. it. So, sorry, it was a, all the information's not there. But what we can talk about with you and it's presented with a shirt today. I don't know if you saw this. Mm, yes. And did you see what? Did nice you see pictures. what number he had on his shirt? He did. We did. <laughs> he is the new Danny Maguire's. The bell. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically for Ewan. The new number six. He looks so proud. I bet you were absolutely buzzing. I bet you what, you know, yeah. to wear the six for, for Leeds Rhinos. That's 
to me that would that's the absolute pinnacle of life you know <laughs> what a dream what a dream come true i do think that leeds will win everything in the wheelchair this year that's my prediction what you, you sound surprised <laughs> <laughs> There was uh, two get you final back questions. On the pod, won't we? we do, hmm? we do definitely. Well, there, there are two final questions from David Grant. Uh, well, one question is: Why do Rhinos seem to perform better in the second half? Is it something that's Rowan saying that's at half time? That if it is, why is it you saying it before the game? <laughs> things can change. Yeah, you don't know. You, you know, things can change in games. I don't. Yeah. It's we, it's how it, it's how Leeds do it. We add the drama, you know. We, we like to take things to the wire. We like to keep people sat on the edge of the seats, biting the fingernails, adding that suspense. It just adds to the flavour of the journey, you know. Like the Castleford game last year in the playoffs, or to qualify for the playoffs, take it right down to the wire, bomb a few chances, and then in the end, the hero always wins and beats the bad guy. So it just adds to the drama, Dave. That's all it is. Just mixing the pot slowly, simmering away until boiling point when we lift the grand final trophy into that beautiful night sky. <laughs> That's why. The Church of Rowan. That's it. <laughs> I don't Church think of... anything else needs adding to Rowan. that. Uh, and David's last question and the final question for the this episode of the mailbag is when are the panel going to grow their mullets? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's... it's. I can grow. We have a slight yeah. problem with two <laughs> members of the panel. <laughs> wow! <laughs> As I, I am grow. yet to hit 30, and therefore <laughs> I i haven't had the same issues as the two good-looking gentlemen on this panel. Yeah, you've got all this to I come your man. I can grow a gullet. Like a, I could grow like a Bill Bailey. Mullet, oh. you know, just all the back and oh. sides, grow that out. <laughs> I used to have a mullet. I had one at the 2004 Grand Final. Uh, I shall find a picture. You did? You actually showed a picture of that, I yeah? It. Yeah, and, oh, it was biblical. It, it got it, it did. It got so much, so much interest. No, it looked horrible. I'm never going to grow one again. No. I think... I, I am the trying best, out new I think, hairstyles for my wedding. Um, as under instruction from Ness, I don't think a mullet's on the list to try, though. I think you should. When do you get married, Reese? Um, it's 23rd of September, so yeah, get it done, mate. Come on, the day it's after time. the cast game, yeah, the day time. after the final game of the season. <laughs> There's time, there is yeah. time, for, there is time for Statman Reese to grow so have a, a mullet. mullet for his wedding day. Cam Smith mullet, come on, mate, you've got it. Until I mean, for the day I meet the guy, because we will we will get there one day. Uh, I probably should have. We will meet him eventually. He can't <laughs> avoid us forever. No, he'll, he'll be on. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, who who do you think of the Lot Pod squad, the Lot Pod regulars? Who do you think would look best with a mullet? I I think Duncan. I think he'd look glorious. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really cute, Duncan. What do you think? Oh, that looked great on you, that dunk. Big uh, Ryan Papperhouse and Pat Sharp mullet. <laughs> have you seen Papperhouse's mullet? A minute, it's magical. It's literally past his shoulders. Ah, 
it, it was gorgeous. It would... Honestly, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so, so jealous. <laughs> I'm trying to think it would look good. I maybe maybe Sam maybe I don't know. Um, Do we have a um, no no I don't know. I think you know it would suit Dunk. You know as as the prop in the lot pod team. You know I think that's where the flair is going to come from, isn't it? Yeah, so they, they need the flair hair. Duncan and Mark two Pappenhausen. Yeah, Mark, yeah, mullet. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Mark would love it. He would look amazing with a mullet. I'm not going to. He would look quality. He would. He's got a full head of hair, he could grow one. <laughs> I've done that now. <laughs> yes. Laurie, thanks as always. Reese, thanks as always. Thank you to everybody for engaging with us. We love you. We love your involvement with the lock pod, with the mailbag. Thanks for listening. And we will be back to review the astounding win against Castleford for the Match Review panel. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.